How do you know if you're choosing the right key for your church's worship? This is the Worship Team Training Podcast with your host and training director, Brandon Dempsey. Worship Team Training provides live workshops and online resources to help inspire, create, and transform the leading of worship. Now, here's your host, Brandon Dempsey. Hey, Worship Teams, what's up? Brandon Dempsey here. Great to see you. How are you guys today? Welcome back to our Tuesday show here at worshipteamtraining.com on our Facebook page. Thanks so much for joining us, and uh, it is a great day to worship. It's a great day to sing God's praises, to plan worship, and we hope that you guys are having a great week. Thanks so much for coming on board. Again, my name is Brandon Dempsey. Who am I? I'm a uh, follower of Jesus, CEO of WorshipTeamTraining.com. And what we do is we provide workshops and mentoring for you as a worship team and as for your worship leadership. You can find all the good stuff there at WorshipTeamTraining.com. And also, you've come to our Tuesday shows, which we do every Tuesday at 11 a.m. And this is for worship leaders, teams, pastors, singers, musicians, audio tech. If this is your first time to watching or listening to the playback, and we also say a special welcome and thank you to our podcast subscribers on iTunes and iHeartRadio. You can find all the good stuff there. Uh, We do these shows at 11 a.m. every Tuesday just for you, and it's to talk about what we're talking of today, which is finding the right key of worship. And I don't know if it's really just a blanket, one-size-fit-all kind of approach. I don't believe in that, but we're going to dive into more of what that means and that question to you. So I just ask you in the upfront, you know, how do you consider choosing the right key for the right win of your church. Now, as said before, if this is your first time, please give us your um, big hello and city and country of where you're from so we always know who we're broadcasting with and who we're in conversation with. And during this time, since this is for you, we invite you to take part in the questions, comments. Please submit them as we are here to Uh, learn from one another, and I want to know what's on your mind, so please do that. Share, swipe, and invite with your friends if you would. Facebook Live, when you like and when you comment and when you share, it gives us more boost, and it shows people more. uh, It it kind of pumps out the show a little bit more, so if you can do that, uh, we greatly appreciate that, and share this with your friends right now. Periscope, swipe, and invite, and uh, lastly, thank you for uh, watching us on the playback as well. Let's get right to it. Um, When we are talking about things like finding the right key. Um, I think about great worship leaders that I have the opportunity to learn from. Uh, One in particular that's coming this week on our university, this Thursday, Grant Norsworthy at 11 a.m. Central. So you don't want to miss that. Grant is going to, we're going to have a lot of fun with Grant. And also next Monday is our Worship Monday morning Bible study. Now, if you're interested in, in learning more about what I'm talking of when I say university, that is our site for membership for worship teams and leaders. Just go to wttu.co. You can also get today's article. So members, don't forget your article today. What's up, Holly, on Facebook? Also, Gord, Teresa, welcome, welcome. So let's get right to it. How do you choose some for your church. I mean, uh, th- this seems, I was reading along um, Worship Leaders Collective, hello, uh, Facebook, great Facebook group out there, great bunch of worship leaders and ran by just awesome people. Um, I found today's post, I mean, and, and there's been several posts on it as well, 
but they're talking about you know uh, what song uh, the one post that grabbed me and maybe you guys have fo- been following this what what are some songs that you connect with biblically but musically you can't get there okay and I think about that in the way of keys. What are some great songs that you know that would be great for your voice maybe, but they just don't maybe connect with the church or vice versa? The church likes singing it in a lower key for you guys, and uh, it's kind of like a a hurdle to get there. So, Stephanie, Renee, what's up? Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, So, first question, how do you know you're in the right key? Uh, on today's article, if you look at it for members, uh, Grant Northworthy posted this awesome diagram, uh, fantastic diagram about you know what works, what doesn't work. So members, be sure to check that out. How do you know you're singing in the right key? Now, I shared this on our podcast that we released this past Sunday. And uh, just so FYI, when you subscribe to Worship Team Training Podcast, you get two podcasts a week. You get our Word of the Week that we release now on Sundays at 12 Central, and then you get this one on Tuesday. But what I was talking about this past Sunday was the word consider. That is the Word of the Week. Now, you got to go back and listen to all of it because there's a great story, uh, things that have happened to me when I first began leading worship and things that I still run into leading worship. So let me just ask you about the word consider. How serious do you take that word when you plan for worship? So I guess the first word is when we think about consider, first verse that comes to mind that I think of right here. I was going to grab this out. Colossians. Yes, I love this. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. So when you see, hear that scripture verse, what comes to mind for you? When it talks about singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, don't you see there's a, a an act of consideration in there. So my question to you is, and uh, and guys, Facebook Live and Periscope, hit the comments, hit us up, let us know. How do you plan? Like, how do you consider? Who do you consider? Do you consider maybe your worship team? Uh, what about the female worship leaders in your team? What about if you have older members in your team, younger members in your team, that maybe you're thinking, okay, can they hit these notes? Can they sing these lower notes? So who's watching? Uh, Male worship leaders, female worship leaders, what are some of the struggles that you go with? Because I know for me, when I'm leading my worship team, I have to think about all these different people in mind. So tell us, what are you thinking of? Who are you thinking of before you lead worship, when you plan? So go. Facebook Live waiting for you. Thanks so much for the comments rolling in. And so I ask that question again. How do you know that you're in the right key? I know from my experience, and <laughs> this happened even like two weeks ago, uh, we put it up to the key of B, and it felt great in here for, for me singing and for some of the guys on the team. But when I realized that half of the people were in the room weren't really singing, you know, then I had to ask that question, okay, um, why is that tough? Why is it only half of them are singing? Is it because they don't like the song? No. Um, is it because maybe there was something too loud or jerky within the music? No, because the band was pretty tight. 
quickly realized that I'm seeing some of the the females, the the women in the room, they were kind of doing this, lifting up their head. Okay, things like that should be a really good indicator. When you look out to your congregation, how often, what's up, Terry, Periscope, how often are you looking at your church when you lead worship? And I don't mean, you know, you're staring them down kind of thing. I mean, how often are you paying attention to how they're singing. You know, I think we get so trapped up into the how are they worshiping? Like, are they lifting their hands? Are they calling on God loudly? I mean, that's great too. But, you know, it, I said this before in other broadcasts you don't have to lift hands or do anything extraneous to show that you're worship, worshiping because worship is not a show to God, right? Worship is a response to God. There's a difference. So when you're singing with your church, I guess that's the question. Are you really singing with your church? Brandy, what's up? Comment for us. Brandy Anderson on Facebook Live. Let us know what's going on with you. So are you really singing with your church? That's a different perspective, isn't it? Instead of just, are you singing Are you singing to your church? Are you singing at your church? Some of the, I'll tell you the worst times I've had in either, um, Let's just say being in worship, some of the worst times that I remember is when I've had worship leaders, they weren't mine, I'm just visiting a church, and they would say, you know, oh, come on, you can sing better than that? Oh, that is like the absolute worst thing, well, among the top worst things you can say. If you heard of, what were some of the worst things you've heard? Uh, Just comment below Facebook Live, let us know what's up, Terry, Periscope, Um, what are some of the worst things that you've heard? And trying to get the people to sing. Now, again, as you guys come in with your comments, I'm just going to talk on if that's okay. Want to hear from you? What are some of the worst comments that you've heard? Is it, come on, you can sing louder? Come on, the, you know, I know you can do better than that. I've heard those, and every time I hear something like that, I just cringe. You know, especially, and sorry, you know, but I know we have a lot of awesome senior pastors watching, but. One of the difficult things for me that I feel like after we're done singing is that I hear somebody get up and say, oh, that was great singing today. And it depends on how it's delivered. I mean, I've served under some awesome pastors that have said, hey, congregation, God was worshiped. God was honored by your praises. Thanks for that. Much different. But I've heard it in the other way being used of, oh, church, that was great singing. That was just that was just almost kind of like it was a. Uh, a, a reflection and attention drawing back to itself, you know? And so I'm very careful um, and I don't compliment. I think that's one of the things that I don't do is that I don't compliment the church. I encourage the church. And, um, you know, one way, if it's not by key, when, when I'm leading worship, I just ask questions, you know, like, you know, what has God done in your life this week? Um, Terry says this. Oh my gosh. He says on Periscope, I've heard y'all ain't praising him. <laughs> and, and many others. Terry well said, yeah. I mean, I remember, uh, you know, I think Tony Evans can get away with it because he's Tony Evans. And he says, y'all ain't, y'all ain't praying with me. You ain't praying with me. I love that, you know. Uh, but I say, but, you know, he uses that in a joking humor, but it gets your attention. Now, for leading worship, you know, when we start doing that, it kind of turns into a pep rally. I don't know about you, but, you know, I think about, you know, former school days and it's kind of like, dude, this is not the way it needs to be. Um, I don't think, you know, do, do you, 
I mean, if I ask this question, you're probably not going to say, yeah, I do this. But I mean, you know, do you say what do you say to your church to get them to sing or do you get them to sing? You know, what is it that you do? So when we go back to talking about choosing keys, how do you know you're in the right key? So what I've said before, if you're coming into the broadcast now, thanks for coming in. I've talked about looking around the room. It's just being aware of, I think, where my mind goes is, how do you know if you're singing in the right key? Look around the room. So that's my, the first question, you know, is how do you know you're in the right key? Second question is, who's in the room? Okay. So when you're looking around the room, who is actually doing the singing? I guarantee you, if you do this this coming Sunday, I guarantee you 70% are going to be women. They're going to be younger girls or youth that are going to be singing with you. Older guys, no, it's not going to happen. I mean, I can hear my buddies back at church that are just members saying, uh-uh, Brandon, it ain't going to come out of me. No, you know, I can hear it. But it doesn't mean also, let's, let's, let's get to this myth also. Because you're not singing, does it mean that you're not worshiping? I ask you the question. Terry says, say that and a congregation will tune you out real quick. Yes, absolutely, Terry. Thank you. So, yeah. I mean, again, the question is, if they're not singing, are they really worshiping? I like to think that, yes, they are worshiping. I mean, honestly, you can have some, you can have anybody in the church sing every perfect word, hitting all the right melodies, and they're a church member, right? But does that mean that worship is really in their heart? I mean, many times is it when you go to a Starbucks and you order your coffee? Um, are you really paying attention to the server who's giving you coffee? Or are you really asking them, hey, how's your day going? Or are you just going through the motions going, yeah, I just want a half-calf and uh, whip and that's it, uh, grande. And you just move to the side and you wait. Or do you engage them? Because, see, the best service that I've had at you know, ordering coffee or food are the ones that actually ask you, Hey, how, how they just strike a conversation with you. They, you know, it, they're, they're serving you, but it's an awesome thing when you can turn it around and serve them. So I guess my question for you is when you are leading worship, who's serving who? Are you really serving your people? So I asked the question again, who's in the room? And so the second part of that question is, can you hear them sing? I asked that of you, Facebook Live. Who do you know is in the room when you lead worship? Facebook Live, tell me right now. Periscope, what's up? Audio, playback, iTunes, iHeartRadio. Put your comments in on the playback as well. Who sings the most in your church? Do you have more women that sing or do you have more men that sing in your church? And what age group tends to sing the most? That's my question to you. Because I think if you break it down to those kind of components, that should give you a closer and closer idea of which keys to choose. Everyone is after the right key. It's almost kind of like everybody's after the right song every week. Now, I've also read on recent blogs too, on recent Facebook groups, that people are now banning reckless love for their worship services. And um, for the writers of that song, I love the song. And I think it's, you know, there's a little tongue in cheek there. Um, it's interesting because I think that, yeah, a song can be overdone, but um, I love Reckless Love. The, the song is, is a great song, there's no doubt. But I know that there's a lot of worship leaders out there saying, yeah, it's kind of, you know, they get to, I think probably because they've just done it so much. 
and it kind of becomes a little bit of a of a block. And so it's been interesting to read the comments of why people are choosing not to sing that song. And I know that we had one of our worship leaders sing that song, and it was one time done in a very – it was too high of a key, uh, and they just could not follow. Uh, Matt Lockwood, what's up from across the pond? Our good friend Matt has been here on the university program. Matt says we have a pretty good mix of people singing both male and female. What's up? And Dion Johnson, what's up? How are you, ma'am? Good to see you, sweetheart. Uh, Teresa Coleman says, can we invent a key of H so everyone can sing it? <laughs> no, the key of H is called Chris Tomlin. Sorry, the key of high. But I think that if you are to break down and find the right keys, what, whatever song that you choose to sing, and I don't mean the name songs and the, you know, I don't want to throw anybody off. We have a lot of good friends in the publishing industry and everything. Um, but I'm just here to tell you that it doesn't matter what song you choose. I think the the whole placement of the song is key. Sorry about finding one that edifies as much people as you can. I don't think it comes down to a, you can't please everybody, okay? There are some songs that sound better higher, you know? Uh, there are some, there's not too many songs that probably sound lower, better lower, but I will say this, uh, I think females sound a lot better singing in lower keys, men singing in higher keys, but to find that medium balance is difficult. So here's some things that I do. When I talk about looking around the room, knowing who's singing, can you hear them singing? That's that's the second thing that I go to is can I hear them singing? Um, you know, Glorious Day uh, by uh, Christian Stanfield, we do that song probably more than what we should. And But people love the song. Uh, real quick on Periscope, uh, he says, you almost have to have a knack for pitching songs and a key appropriate for the congregation. Well said, Thank you for that. Yeah, because you want people to participate. That's the whole idea. So we do Glorious Day. People love the song. I love it too. And we've done it in several different keys. The one that seems to work for us is the key of B. Now, yeah, it is a little bit higher, but pushing the key slightly, it does increase the energy level a bit. But for us, I I don't do it in the key of C. I know a lot of churches do, but to push it that far you start to leave the women out that want to sing. And so that's kind of an important factor because if that's who's making up most of the worshiping body of your church, you're alienating them. So I try to knock it down to be a little bit. Let's take some comments real quick. Um, Teresa, LOL, loves that. Thank you. Uh, Matt Lockwood says, okay, I did Reckless Love recently at a men's ministry night. And I did it quite in a high key for a guy higher than normally. That's probably in the key of Mickey Mouse, maybe, than I would normally. But it worked, he said, flowing from another song in the same key. But all the guys there just went for it and loved it. That's incredible, Matt. That's great. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. If you can, I guess the room and I guess the songs and I think everything just has to be right. Right? I mean, you know when worship is not working, when... People are just not singing. They're not entering in, you know, and there's that fine balance of how do you know, right? Um, Dion, what's up? Dion says, we most we mostly have female voices on our praise team. You're in Wilmington, North Carolina, Dion. Thanks so much for that. And Gord, what's up? Gord says, <laughs> what key is it written in? Drop it to a fourth. Yes. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to do what works for you. That's the main deal. I led worship 
for a good long time with 20 year olds. And I think we did nothing but the key of H, you know, uh, but people loved it. I and mean, the music was very loud. It was, it was so loud that my wife says, you know, sorry, Brandon, but I have to sit in the back cause I just, you know, our one-year-old is screaming at the same time and I can't even hear them screaming. But, uh, where we're at now, it's for, it's more mixed, I would say. And, uh, recently where I led worship, it was probably more on the younger side. So I think, you know, having a gauge of your people is really the right approach because if you have younger people, if you have more female, you know, you want to put it in their key. Um, but surprise, surprise, Matt, I mean, that's just fantastic. You find that the worship is moving. I've done that before too. We we've done in the key of C. Um, I remember doing the old uh, worship song, Hillsong Go, and we loved it because it was fast. It was, you know, very energetic. And we did that in C. And I thought at that time, like Matt, I thought, ah, you know, I can feel the chorus building. And I'm going, uh, I don't know how this is going to turn out, you know, and I'm just, I'm just hanging on the one guitar riff. And then sure enough, man, that chorus lift off. It's like people just went for it. So it's kind of hard to gauge. Now, um, I would do this. Keep in mind that if you do a song and you push the threshold, the energy a bit, awesome, but just don't do it on every song, okay? When you do that, you begin to wear out the congregation, and you'll find out that they're just no longer able to keep up with you. So if you do it for one song, like Out the Gate, the first or second song, go for it. But I would keep a good mix of some others because you know especially in slower it can it can work both ways higher keys and lower keys we tend to do more medium keys in the lower and the slower worship because we find in our church that's every church is different by the way but in our church people meditate a lot more and they're more in prayer and what i find is that they're singing but i find more than half of them on the slower end they're not singing as much as much as they are praying, and they're just praying with their eyes closed. It's it's you know it's this um, you know I want to use this old school term koinonia with God, and I just love that because it's just you know it doesn't mean every note that you sing in worship has to be sung. I mean, like I said before, just because people are not singing doesn't mean they're not worshiping. Do you agree with that? Facebook Live Periscope. Do you agree? With just because people are not singing or they're not lifting hands or they're not jumping over pews, just don't hurt yourself. Does that mean that they're not worshiping? I don't know. Your take. What's up? What do you say about that? Matt Lockwood says, C for go. <laughs> do you have Chris Thomas range? Yes. <laughs> um, yes. I've done um, and. It's kind of funny. I don't do go as much because I, I I won't have too much go if I keep going. Anyway, that was bad. Sorry. But you asked for it, Matt. Anyway, how do you balance the ability? So as you guys are responding, you know, again, I want to know from you, if their eyes are closed or they're open, if they're singing, if they're not singing, does it mean that they're still worshiping? Terry says no. Yes. Does it mean that they're not worshiping? No, it doesn't mean they're not worshiping. Many times um, – I've shared this story often before in our workshops, uh, but I remember it still haunts me today. And I say haunt because it's convicting. I remember leading worship where a woman, her children are in the very back, no one, it, I mean, everyone in the room, I mean, was just up 
It was the the energy. Yeah, I don't know if we did go, but I mean, we were doing some high end songs, and it, you know, we had the loops going. It was overproduced, but it was great because people were loving it. But there was one that wasn't singing, and I remember after the service, she came to me, and she said, "I loved the songs that you chose today," and I'm kind of thinking in my mind, "Yeah, but." And then she said, and it's like God just slapped me across the face. And she said, it's not it's not the way you sung the words. She said, it's the words that you sung. She said, it's the words that you chose. It's the songs that you chose that made a difference because it reminded me that God can do all things that seem impossible to us. It's possible with God. And that encouraged me greatly because then I understood more and more it had nothing to do with the keys of that moment. But it did because I wanted them to enter in, but it just proves to show you that just because people are not singing, it doesn't mean they're not worshiping. Teresa, thank you for that. She says, amen. And also, Teresa says, people can definitely worship without singing. Yes. Abigail, what's up? Another fantastic member. Of the university program. Thank you. She says, those who are not singing at my church are like your church. She says, they are soaking in the words of the song or praying. I love that. (laughs) I have to stop for a second. All right, Jen, what's up? Thanks so much for your comment. Thank you, Abigail, sweetheart, and Teresa. Jen says this on Facebook Live. I think people can definitely worship even though they're not singing. Sometimes I'm so moved in worship that I can't keep singing, and I turn my heart to prayers of thanksgiving to the Lord. That is so sweet. Jen, thank you so much for that. I'm going to re-heart that. I love that. Thank you. Um, What about you? You lead worship every week, okay? If you are a worship leader watching this, how often do you get off the stage and sit with your people? Uh, You may be saying, you may be laughing right now, uh, Brandon, I'm the only worship leader. (laughs) I can't do that. Um, okay, I encourage you to, if you really want to know what people are singing and when they're singing, how about you take yourself out and put yourself in the body of Christ and sing with them? Hire somebody, volunteer somebody, whatever you need to do, even if it's one song. Get somebody to lead worship in your place and just sit out there. Stand out there with your people and then you'll know. It will probably shock you. You'll probably stand there going, wow. And maybe you think, oh, they're not singing because I'm not up there. No, wrong, okay? Um, She says, Abigail says, every week, yes. Um, So I ask you the question, how often do you get in the worship space with your people? I've done that, and Jen, like you, where Jen says, I definitely think that people can worship even though they're not singing. And she says, sometimes I'm moved in worship that I can't, I can't keep singing and I turn it into prayer. What I do, like when I'm really moved in worship, I'm so moved by the words. And what moves me the most is not even the music. What moves me the most, that's a good question for you. What moves you the most in worship? Put that out right there before I say anything else. What moves you the most in worship? Is it the key? I mean, does everything really hinge on the key? Is it the song? Is it the words? What is it for you? Facebook Live, what's up? Periscope. Terry, come on. 
talk to us. What moves you in worship? And yes, we know the Holy Spirit. Yes, we know God. But what is it about that God is doing? What is it that God is doing that is moving you? Okay. Is it something that your church has been going through as a body? Is it something that your team has been going through? Is it something that you personally or you know somebody personally out in your church that they've been going through? Is it that the lights are off and the laser beams are on? I don't know. What is it? I know. I'm just going to – I want to read your responses as you type them in. What moves me the most during worship are the people. What moves me the most in worship is when I'm not leading worship. That's surprising, okay? Because you would think, well, you're the one doing the music. You would no, well, actually know because when you're leading worship – you are having to – I mean there are times you're having to divert your attention elsewhere. You have to as, as you're leading worship. You're thinking about the band. You're, you're thinking about projection. Um, but yes, your focus should be on God. And when things are right, you take the hands off the steering wheel. And I know for me, I'm, I just let it go. I'm just you – know, I may be playing or singing, but I let go. But the times when I'm worshiping the most is when I'm not leading worship. It's when I'm with the people in worship. And for me, what I begin to do, just being honest, I tear up. I cry. I can't help it because I think about my God, our God, who loves me so deeply with his mercy that breaks through every wall that I try to put up or every shell he cracks. I just – I cry and I tear up for my children and how God's provided such an awesome marriage between my wife and I and our home. I um, bleed with pain for my family, uh, my extended family, those that I'm praying for, for their salvation. I, I, I weep with our people. Um, and no, it's not just one big cry fest, but it's something real. It's something that I'm convicted by the people that are around me that I know when I'm standing next to Larry, who lost his son from cancer 10 years ago, he's worshiping right now, imagining himself with his son in heaven. And, and I think, you know, what, what if I lost, what if I've lost one of our boys? How would that change my worship? You know, I mean, this is reality, guys. Uh, Jen, another comment. She says this. Usually I'm overcome by the grace and love of God. Thank you for that. Yes. Um, I think I believe, and I know that you believe this too, that God overcomes us with his grace and mercy every time. So when you're leading worship, when you're preparing for worship this week, think about your people. Consider what they're going through. Um, also, two last um, – and look, we, we got more stuff on this um, article-wise WTTU.co on our membership site. We have a lot more articles about this topic. How do you balance the ability of your team and church to sing? That's another balancing act. You know, what's good for the team? What's good for the church? Because I know guitar players um, said this yesterday. Laura Marriott, we're, we're writing music together. And she said to me, Brandon, we can't write the song in the key of F sharp. <laughs> She's totally right. Guitar players hate having to play in F sharp, and so do pianists. So, um, you know, ability with your team, congregation. How do you find that unique middle? That's another one. And that's something that you got to test out within your own rehearsal time. 
um, more often when I'm in rehearsal, I'm asking the female singers, and this is a good bar- another good barometer for you as well. Ask your female team, the members in your team, hey, is this if you're if that is your male leader, is this song too high for you? Is does this song is this song comfortable for you to sing? You know, go through the high points of the song. Now, I have other, um, I have other articles on this in the university site that's wttu.co that address this very thing. But and I give you tips of the how to look for the chorus and stuff like that. Um, but for the female leaders, I also ask them when they're leading worship, you know. Do the same thing. Ask the men, is it too low? Is this verse too low? Because usually the verses are the ones that really trip the guys up when a female is leading because they can't follow. So I have the guys sing the harmony. Okay. So knowing your ability of your team and the church and marrying those two, that's what's going to help. And then ultimately, last question who are you serving? When you're leading worship, who are you ultimately serving? Are you serving yourself? Are you serving your abilities and your needs and your skill? Are you serving maybe selfishly somebody on your team because they want it higher, because that's the only way that they can do it, regardless of what if? Do you choose higher keys because maybe you're wanting to impress? Uh, Maybe you have to. Maybe leadership somewhere in the church is telling you to. But is that really you? Is that really your church? Um, these are some real things that I'm bringing to you to help you think because there's a lot of reasons why we do what we do in the church. But reality is, do they really have a purpose and are they of eternal significance? Teresa says, when I see people truly worshiping and they are responding through tears, kneeling, hands lifted and surrender, completely undone by the holy presence of God. Thank you, Teresa. Absolutely. So, Again, ultimately, who are you serving? When it comes right down to it, you are serving both the Lord and his people because you're giving God praise by picking things that edify and bring the people together. And then it serves the people because they become united. And no, it doesn't have – I don't believe it hinges on the key at all. I believe it hinges mainly on the relationships that we have with one another in worship. So uh, try these things out for your team. Look through them as you plan your worship this week. And hey, speaking of this week, you want to join us with Grant Norsworthy coming up this Thursday. Grant Norsworthy is going to be on our university site. So you want to head over there, wttu.co, and become a member. And if you want to try us out, hey, hit us up with an email at info at wttu.co and we'll get you a special vip pass just because you asked and uh we thank you guys for joining us today be sure to come back next tuesday 11 a.m sign up for our monday morning digest that hits your inbox every monday and also be on the lookout for the next word of the week and don't miss our events by going back to both worshipteentraining.com for workshops and mentoring and also the university site look at our events page at wttu Guys, thanks so much for coming in here today. Love you all. Teresa, thank you so much. Love you guys and have an awesome, happy Tuesday and happy week and considering and working with and loving on your church family. See you next time, guys. Bye. This has been a worship team training broadcast and digital production with your host and training director, Brandon Dempsey. 
Worship Team Training provides live workshops and online resources to help inspire, create, and transform the leading of worship. We'll see you again right here on worshipteamtraining.com. So worship leaders and teams, how are you growing in your skill? And I don't mean just practicing each week or you know maybe if some of you do it each day but how are you growing in the calling that god put in your life in terms of being a better leader of worship maybe someone who under, who needs to understand more about what the bible says on worship understanding and developing your gift so that you can better contribute that to your team and to your church this is why god has called us to put together worship team training university this was developed by worship leaders and worship teams for worship leaders and worship teams. Go to WTTU.co and you will see that we have over 800 articles and videos on top of the live content that we already put out each week. So roughly we're already brimming brimming over a thousand already with our content unlimited webinars you also get more special videos throughout the week and special private podcasts and further training that you won't get on our public sites neither the blogs the articles other videos anything else so you got to check out wttu.co and uh, by doing this right now we can offer you a 25 percent off into the program if you go to wttu.co slash join that's j-o-i-n do it today and become a transform member aspire to excellence elevate your skill transform your ministry with wttu.co